0: Isaiah nine six, Isaiah nine six. I'm preaching tonight a Christmas message. How's that? Thought it'd get us into the the mood, into the season. Amen. And um, so much there. Uh, we have the scripture that I'm preaching from. We have pieces of it on our wall on the banners. Uh, that we hang up every year, uh beautiful Christmas banners, and that's from Isaiah 9, 6, and um, the message is what's in a name. And before I read the scripture, I just want to kind of lay out a little groundwork here to tell you that, you know, we have names. Everybody has a name. <laughs> Sometimes we have nicknames. Some nicknames are kind of endearing, other nicknames can be mean, it just it depends on how they came about. But, you know, in Western thought, Western culture, we don't put a lot of emphasis on what somebody's name is, you know, it's their name is their name. But um, in the Bible and in Eastern thought, Eastern religions, which the Bible, did you know the Bible's not a Western book? It's an Eastern book. And, uh, it's not written by Europeans necessarily. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's written, it was written by prophets of old as the Holy Spirit gave inspiration. Uh, they really were all Jewish and, uh, the, uh again, it's an Eastern spiritual book. And so we have to sometimes get into that kind of thinking to really understand it. And so, I want you to see this. Sometimes we just interpret the Bible through our Western culture and miss, miss some things. Well, um, for example, what's in a name? You, you remember that God changed Abram's name. His name was Abram, A-B-R-A-M. and uh, But he changed it through the prophecy that he gave about Abram. He said, for a father of many nations... Have I made thee? He put that in the past tense, even though it hadn't come to pass yet. It's the way God works with faith. Amen. God sees it done before it's done. That's how we need to see it. See it done before it's done. Amen. But he named him Abraham because he was now going to be the father of many nations. Amen. And so somebody said he put the ha in Abraham. (laughs) Amen. He put the ha, the ha, in Abraham. And so he changed his name to God. Names meant something. And you know, uh, the name of Jesus, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, it has meaning. And, and there's meaning behind it. It's not just a, another Jewish name that some man was given, but this is the name above every name. Amen. And I know that that's the, the way we pronounce it and spell it, Jesus. That's not the Aramaic letters. It's not the Aramaic pronunciation. And some people get all bent out of shape over that. Well, you have to call him Yeshua and all this, you know, or I mean, I'm thinking, give it a rest. Stop with the rules, please. Uh, it's all a matter of the heart. Amen. And, uh, God knows who we're talking about <laughs> when we're talking about the name of Jesus. Amen. So for us English speaking folk, that are still trying to learn the king's English our whole life, we know what Jesus means to us. You remember when Saul was persecuting everybody and was being a terrorist uh, against the church, remember God, he had an encounter, didn't he? Uh, and uh, walking down the road, he had an encounter, and, and uh, God, and, uh, through Christ and through his image, uh, confronted him about his heart and and, and what he was doing. Remember that? He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And so Saul had a magnificent, miraculous conversion, right? And then his name was changed to Paul, praise God, the great apostle. And so there's something about a name. There's something in a name and uh, like I said, in Western thought, we don't think too much about names. But in God's economy and in the kingdom of God, the name is important. And there is no name. The Bible says that Jesus was given a name higher than any other name. So when we say the name of Jesus, we are saying the name <laughs> above every other name. And I like to, we like to put it this way, the name of Jesus is higher, uh, David Ingalls wrote a song, the name of Jesus is higher than in, in any other name. Just name a sickness or any problem and his name is higher, amen? Name any, any financial pr- problem, anybody ever had a financial problem? Financial problem, a financial challenge, a material problem in your life or a relationship. But the name of Jesus is higher than all that. Or the name of an illness. You know, they they love it in the medical field to tell you the name of what's wrong with you. And it usually has some big long thing uh, <laughs> attached to it. And if you're not careful, you'll focus on that name and what it means. You know, people hear the name cancer or whatever, and they just get in fear and freak out over that uh, sometimes. And it is, a, it is a serious condition, isn't it, and has taken out people and things like that, or Alzheimer's or ALS or whatever. But you know the name of Jesus is higher than all those names put together, and, uh, and it has greater power. So as long as we've got that name, we're in good shape. But let's look at what the word says here from kind of a Christmas approach, birth of Christ approach to it. You know that the birth of Christ was prophesied uh, many years before he came. And uh, this is B.C. over here, (laughs) definitely B.C. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born praise god unto who unto us he's born unto us isn't that wonderful yeah. unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder praise god and his name shall be called look at these names and of course we have them on our on our wall here but it says his name shall be called wonderful so wonderful see d- did you notice Uh, It's a capital W. And so we could worship Jesus and we could say, I'm worshiping wonderful. (laughs) Amen. Well, wonderful is a wonderful word, (laughs) isn't it? Say, how was your dinner? It was wonderful. It tasted wonderful. Or how was your vacation? It was wonderful. How was... How's things at your house? Oh, it's wonderful. Praise God. Wonderful's a good word. And it's got all kinds of things in it. Anything good would be in the wonderful. So isn't God good? Isn't Jesus good? Is this helping anybody tonight? Counselor. Oh, that one I wanted to focus on. I was telling Pastor Scarlett today on the phone about that word and was going to preach on it. You know, bless her heart, preachers' wives, they get the message three times. They have to hear it on the way to church. They have to hear it at the church and on the way home. Repeated. And they make sure they get it, I guess. Counselor. I want to focus on that before we move on. You know, counselor means advocate. It means uh, like an attorney. A legal representative. And it's even used if you've watched Perry Mason or something. <laughs> How many ever watched Perry Mason? <laughs> You'll notice the judge will say counselor, you know, address the attorney as, or the lawyer as a counselor. And it, it is. It's called legal counsel. And they'll tell you if you're in trouble that maybe you need legal counsel to represent you. Well, praise God. We have legal counsel in Jesus to represent us in the word counselor. It's not just a word, it's his name. How many could think of a better legal representative than Jesus? You know why? Because we're talking about in the spiritual things, which affects our natural lives. But did you know that when he represents us, it's very personal to him because he paid the dear price to be our representative. The Bible uses the word advocate too, you know. We won't turn there, but if you looked at um, uh, uh, the writings of John and the letters, he said... Um, John 2, 1 says, uh, I'm sorry, 1 John 2, 1. There's a lot of numbers in that, in there? 1 John 2, 1 says that, My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is our legal representative. And he forever stands before the throne of God Making intercession for us. He's re- interceding with the judge. How many believe God's the judge of all the earth? The judge. And is he, and is he a crooked judge or a judge that's been paid off to be corrupt? No, he is the just judge. The just judge who set the price of our redemption and Jesus, the representative, the counselor, the advocate, the attorney, Representing us, he's the one that paid the price for it. He's personally invested in our defense. Because he didn't do it for himself or to just be a martyr for a cause to start a new religion. No, he did it for us. Remember the old song, I should have been crucified, I should have suffered and died, but Jesus, God's son, took my place. Amen? So we... <laughs> Hallelujah. See see what happens? I get to preaching like that and I get to go and I destroy the Bible study and it turns into a revival. But I get excited about this thing. It's a really an amazing story, isn't it? This is my story. This is my song. Amen. And I'm sticking with it. (laughs) That's my story and I'm sticking with it. How about you? So he's a counselor. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our counselor. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak of me. They're all in cahoots with each other. It's fixed, folks. (laughs) It's fixed. God's fixed it. God's fixed it towards our behalf. If he freely gave us Jesus, what good thing would he withhold? And so when we stand before the throne, we're in with the judge. He's our father. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Jesus, our elder brother, is our counselor. Boy, that's kind of fixed, ain't it? I'm telling you what. The devil has to tuck tail and run because it's already over. The decision was pre-made. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If this doesn't excite you, your exciters broke. You've already lost something. Counselor. Oh, I love that. You know, the Holy Spirit, what one preacher friend of ours says the Holy Spirit will make you look smart. <laughs> Isn't that true? Because, you know, we all have to make decisions. and We all have to know, anybody ever got into what we call a sticky situation? A sticky situation where you had to, where it was important what you said. Did you know it's important what you say? It's important how you handle things. Some people say, well, I just don't have any filter. It's just the way I am. You might want to rethink that. You know, it's not, it's not wisdom just to blast out everything you think uh that i wouldn't advise that sometimes you don't show all your cards (laughs) right and um i hope somebody's getting something out of this tonight but you you have to use wisdom and well it's just the way i am well bless your heart you know you know we just can't always be the way we are (laughs) and sometimes the way we are gets us in trouble and so sometimes we have to hold back. Now I'm, I'm pretty outspoken. How many know that that know me? I pretty well say what I think, but sometimes I've had to pull back and I've had the Holy Spirit pull me back and say, don't say that. What you're about to say, don't say that. Isn't it wonderful when we, when we listen to God? Sometimes he'll tell you exactly what to say. And I tell you, God has blessed me. Through that, um, I guess, attribute of being a counselor, he has blessed me. How about you? Where you, you you just followed the Holy Spirit. We really should get to the place where we only say what he tells us to say. Nothing more and nothing less. Now, folks, I'm not talking about just being a marshmallow. There's times to speak up and be bold, aren't there? There's times to fight. For what belongs to you. But then there's times to, to just let the Lord, the Lord will say, you hold your peace, I'll fight your battle. I like that. The mighty God. What kind of God? Barely able to help. He's kind of old up there now, I don't know. Feeble. No. The weak God, the impersonal, cold God. No, the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. We got Jesus on the scene. We've got a mighty God on the scene. He's mighty. He's strong. He's powerful. He's dynamic. Woo! Praise God. The everlasting Father. That means he will always be your Father. Jesus will always be our Father. Amen? And uh he's our brother, he's our father, he's our friend. He could Bible says he's a friend because he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The everlasting Father, the the uh, suggester of peace. No, he's not Tiny Tim tiptoeing through the tulips with the peace signs. How many remember that? We lived through that and survived it the prince of peace that means he's in charge of the peace (laughs) amen you know that a prince is not just some you know figurehead thing A, a real prince and a real kingdom has authority amen so who'd they put over the peace jesus Okay, let's keep going. We got all that on the wall. I love that. Of the increase of his government and peace. Increase of government, you could say an increase of peace. Because the word and is conjunctive. Whatever came before it, it's the same value. Of the increase of his government and the increase of his peace. Shall there be no end. Unending government and unending peace. I like that. I I tell you what government I'm in on. I'm in on God's government. Somebody says, oh, you know what? Half the church will go, oh, the Republicans are in charge. And then, oh, the Democrats are in charge. And, oh, you know, the whoever's are in charge. No, Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And I know that there's Christians who have said, well, if so and so gets in office, it's all over. What are they saying? I mean, I'm thinking, are they, are these saved people talking? We should never say some goofy thing like that. Well, maybe one side presents more problems than the other. I don't know. I think they all present problems. But the truth of the matter is, You know, Ronald Reagan said there's no more frightening words than, hello, we're from the government and we're here to help. He says that's the most frightening thing you'll ever hear. Ronald Reagan said that. But we're not talking about a government made by man. We're talking about a government made by God. And his government, there's no end. So I guess I'm going to pledge allegiance first to God and to the word to Jesus. Amen. Glory. Glad I got the chance to come out here and say all this tonight. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. Boy, this sounds beautiful, doesn't it? From henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts, the zeal, there's power in all this. There's life in it. There's enthusiasm and and energy behind it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Do you believe that tonight? Now, these names here, again, wonderful... Um, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, there's way more. I used to have a list. I'll have to print it out again. But we used to have a list that had all the names of Jesus and all the names of God from the Bible. And there's a lot of them. I mean, there's just dozens of names from the scripture. The names of the redemptive names of God, like El Shaddai and so forth. And then there's Other names, what names of Jesus, what his name means. But let's just focus, since it's Christmas time, on these. And you know, if you could memorize that, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, in whatever situation in life that you're facing, Put that name of Jesus, that name, like if it's one, if you need some wonder, <laughs> some more wonderful, how many could use a little more wonderful? Amen. <laughs> and counselor, you know, like if you need counseling, I mean, I'm talking about you need counsel from heaven. You need to know what to do about a situation. I'm telling you, I, I had a situation just the other day, just in my private life, and, and um, uh, dealing with, with a financial thing that I had to make a decision about. And praise God, I had to listen to the counsel. I said, Lord, I need your counsel. And he told me just what to say on this deal. And did you know that it worked out beautifully? It was wonderful. <laughs> and uh and, and things uh there was some relief and some things turned around. So anyway, I'm just telling you, counselor and wonderful work together. If you need some more wonderful, get the counselor to tell you what to do about it. And like like our friend said, the Holy Ghost will make you look smart. Make me look smart, smarter than we just are, from our magnificent brains that we have. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, somebody said that wisdom comes from a lot of experience, and the problem is that sometimes a lot of experience comes from a lack of wisdom) <laughs> how many can testify to that you know <laughs> we've li- we've lived lo- we've lived some of us around here we've lived long enough to have some stories <laughs> and if we had it to do over again we might have done things a little differently but but uh, that's life right you learn and you go on maybe help younger folks not make the same mistakes but uh i just love the word counselor how about we just make him the wonderful counselor? <laughs> Amen. Because he is the wonderful counselor. You can put wonderful in front of every one of these other names. He's the wonderful counselor. And so you might get up one day, maybe you've got a legal thing, or you've got some decisions to make financially, or whatever it is. You can say, Lord, I need your, I need the wonderful counselor to engage with me on this. And I'm telling you, if you'll go quiet a little bit, give it a half a day, you'll hear from God. And and you'll go, wow. And I'm thinking, sometimes I'm thinking, why didn't I think of that yesterday? You know, I was tormented all night and into the next day. And it's like the Lord sometimes (laughs) said, you have not because you ask not. (laughs) You never asked me. Lord, why didn't you tell me what to do about this? Well, you never asked me. Something, we need to ask him before we just haul off and do something. Hey, you ever heard that expression? That's very southern. Just haul off and do something. And we've uh, hauled off before and done something and then say, well, there at least I made a decision. It's like, yeah, you sure did, bozo, you know. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, but what a good thing to just calm down. And slow down a minute and say, Lord, what what about that? Is that something we should be doing? Is that something we should be messing with, or no? Praise God. And the Holy Spirit, He doesn't always just booming voice tell you right there, Hi, this is God. Hello, hello. No. He usually speaks in that still small voice. Amen. And all of us, sometimes it's just what I call a knowing in your knower. You know what I mean by that? A knowing in your knower. And you go, you know what? This is what we're going to do. And you, boy, don't you feel empowered at that moment? And you feel peace and calm and you go, this is how we're going to do that. And boy, the Lord just, man, helps you. i don't know about you i want the help from heaven well did you ask myrtle did you ask joey did you ask you know bob did you ask we're not talking about that there's a time to sometimes get counsel from others i ask counsel from others but uh And y'all know that. Sometimes I'll call you, some of you, and I'll say, what do you think about this? You know, I'm trying to come up with a consensus or just, you know, just find some wisdom. Amen. But sometimes the wisdom you need is not going to come from other human beings. It's going to come from heaven. And like I said, you'll know it in your knower. (laughs) Bible says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And I'll hide all the good stuff from you. No. Call unto me and I'll answer thee. And show thee great. And mighty things. Which thou knowest not. You know know what? It's what we don't know. That plagues us. Right? If you're going to buy something sometimes or whatever you know. It's what you don't know that will hurt you. But. It's what you do know. And guess what? We are connected to the number one knower of all knowledge. (laughs) How many believe God knows everything about that house you're going to buy? He knows everything about that car you're going to drive. He knows everything about, doesn't he? And he can show you if you'll call on him. Lord, is there anything about this we need to know? Is there something... That we should have information on. That we don't know. And then you can pray. I'm just trying to give you some tips here. You can pray and you can say. Now Lord if there's anything about this. That we need to know. Before we sign. On the dotted line. Please let us know. I'm calling unto thee. You know what that means calling unto him. It's like a phone call. It's not a big scary thing calling and oh, I call upon the heavens. No, it doesn't have to be like that. It just means talk to God. Call your mama. Call your, call your, call your friend or call the pastor or whatever. It's like a phone call. Call unto me. In other words, just dial me up. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want, you know. <laughs> call him up. And say, hey, I'm calling you like a phone, like a conversation. Hey, I'm calling you, Lord. And uh, you said if I'd call you that you'd show me great and mighty things that I don't know. So show me. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm all open. Let me see. And you know what? Somehow the information that we need will be downloaded into our spirit. Sometimes confirmed by something in the natural, sometimes not, but oftentimes it's like, you'll, you'll, you'll see things and you'll go, you know what? I, I knew that. I knew that. Where did you know it? In your nowhere. Which could be another word for spirit. Pastor fall down on the front. All right. Mighty God, boy, sometimes we need mighty God to come stand beside us, don't we? My dad said, now my father was, uh, was kind of, uh, what do they call it, horizontally, horizontally challenged. <laughs> he was, he was not that tall of a man. My dad was five foot, he always said, I'm five foot four and three quarters. He counted the three quarters. But, uh, my dad said he'd get in a little fight in South Georgia where he grew up on the farm. You know, he says he'd get in a little fight. Well, his brother, his big brother, oldest brother, his name was my Uncle Dan. Dan Horton. <laughs> DB, they called him Uncle DB. Anyway, Uncle Dan was like 6'3". My dad said he, he got cheated on the leg height, you know, or something. But, uh, my, my so my, my, my uncle, my old, my, my uncle that was my dad's elder brother, he was 6'3". He was a tall man and kind of a big man. And he said, the neighborhood kids were not afraid of my dad so much because he was kind of not being unkind, but they considered him like the runt. So the runt, the runt has to be the fighter. How many know that? The little guys have to end up fighting twice as hard as the other ones because Everybody picks on them because they're little. So they end up be, they end up being the ones got, tell you what, if you get in a fight with a man, don't pick on the short guy because he will beat the living snot out of you. I mean, he's, he's trained to fight to the, to the end. So my dad, you know, he, he, they said by the time my dad grew up, nobody messed with him because they said he's a little crazy. I mean, you know, you, you push him and he'll come at you. But my dad had to fight his way. You know, he's the runt. He's the short guy. He's the little one. And so sometimes the neighborhood bully, you know, would go pick on him. And he said, uh, sometimes you need an equalizer. And the equalizer was my Uncle Dan. So my Uncle Dan would watch out for my dad, and he would see him in a scrap. And sometimes boys are, I mean, kids can just be mean. You know, three or four of them would jump on him. Well, that's hard for anybody to beat off. Until Uncle Dan showed up. And when Dan showed up, six, three, big strapping guy, it was all over. It, mighty God showed up. <laughs> Amen. Did you know that David, I hope you're getting, I'm enjoying preaching this. I hope you're getting something out of it. You know, David, in Goliath, they said David was 17 year old, skinny sheep herder boy. And, uh, said he was, uh, ruddy, which means red-faced. He might have had a little Irish blood in him. I don't know, you know. Don't pick fight with Irish people either. They will win. I'm, trust me. I know that. But, uh, you know, somebody said God invented whiskey so the Irish wouldn't rule the world, you know. Anyway. <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> it's kind of true. But anyway, uh, the, um, David's out there, like she's pictured this little red-headed, red, <laughs> red-faced boy out there with his, with his, uh, his little sheep outfit on <laughs> and his stick, you know. And he's gonna take on old Goliath. And, uh, David realized That God was going to be with him. He said, he said something very important to that man. I said that was a very, Goliath was a very large man with a very tiny brain. He was dumb because, uh, David said to him, you have not just attacked me. You have attacked the armies of the living God. The living God part's the problem. You've attacked God's people. And that's not smart. You will lose. You know what he really did? It was prophetic and pre-Christ, but he called on Mighty God. And when Mighty God got involved, it wasn't just a regular slingshot rock. It was the power of heaven behind. That thing was supercharged. The Bible says that rock not only hit the, the, the giant, it sunk into his skull. I don't think that's possible with just a regular slingshot. There's something else at work there. There's a power behind it. And and that's the power of Almighty God. Folks, we need today the power of Mighty God. And if you feel like you're getting picked on, shoved around, you need to call on somebody bigger to come help you. God's bigger than our enemies. Woo! I'm going to run around the church. Mm. Get real Pentecostal. I'm telling you, this is exciting stuff here. And then everlasting father. Even if you, you know what? An everlasting father is a good one, isn't it? And that means he won't abandon you. He won't forsake you, leave you flapping in the wind. Well, I made a big mistake. Well, well, bless your heart. What do you want, a prize for that? You want the nasty award? What do you want? Come on. Let he without sin, Jesus said, cast the first stone, right? Who hasn't blown it? Who hasn't done the stupid thing? Who hasn't done the dark thing? Who hasn't? He's everlasting Father. He loves us with an unfailing, everlasting love. Well, it doesn't matter what you, if you slapped your grandma. It doesn't matter. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at that. Uh, that's good. Uh, in the Amplified, it says of eternity. E- he's the eternal, everlasting Father. Woo. Well, let me. I had one guy say to me. Pastor, let me tell you what I've done. And I've said, no, I don't want to hear it. Well, I thought you'd want to know. Why would I want to know? I don't want to know what people do. Please. I I beg the Lord, Lord, don't show me anything about any of our people. I don't want to know anything except for maybe something to pray. You know what I'm saying? But as far as moral failure or whatever, I don't even want to hear it and uh, I've, i you know thank God we don't have anybody like this in our church, and if you're like this, please don't come here if you're watching on internet, but you know a lot of churches will have the the investigative reporters in the church, and they' want to they'll come to the pastor thought you should know what's going on, and uh it's like, why should I know? You know, now I'm going to have a hard time looking at that person because <laughs> I'm thinking about the thing. You know what I mean? How many know what I'm talking about? I had a guy come to me one time. He says, Pastor, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm cheating on my wife. I'm having an affair. And I said, well, okay. And he said, uh, so I thought I'd tell you, you probably don't want me to come to church anymore. I said, are you kidding? I need you to come to church more. Obviously it's not enough. Whatever we're giving you, we need to give you more. He couldn't believe that was my answer, but it is true, isn't it? Yes, you're too dirty for church. Please stay away. Come on, folks. This is the, this is the cleanup shop right here. You know what goes into car washes? Dirty cars. Not clean ones. No, your car's too dirty for our wash. We're the premier car wash in Tampa. No, no. The dirtier it is, the cleaner it looks when it comes out the other end. Amen? Amen. So I think a church ought to be full of dirty people that come in and get cleaned up by the Word and the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know what I'm saying? There's an extreme with that, and we're not talking that, but I'm just talking, praise God, you know, this is the healing place. This is the hospital. This is the intensive care unit for spiritual things. Finally, the Prince of Peace, amen? He is the Prince of Peace, isn't he? Sometimes we can't sleep at night because of our problems. We've been there, worrying and wondering. You know, Sometimes you'll have to call on the Prince of Peace to help you sleep. Say, Lord, give me peace. Give me rest. Give me trust. Help me to get through this. And you know he will. Did you know the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep? Well, that's a pretty good message for Christmas, isn't it? Can you believe all that's in there in that Christmas message? You know, sure we we'll, we'll we'll sing the hymns and the carols about the little baby Jesus and all that, but I'm telling you, somebody said the other day, when Jesus came, everything changed.